thank you for the word that you have given to us, Lord, that we can, like I said before, we can trust every single thing you say, that it would be for our good, for your glory. Lord, I pray that you would bless this time as we dig in. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, we are continuing. Oh, yes, happy Father's Day. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Happy Father's Day again to all of you. Happy Father's Day. Uh, I'm going to try and keep this short so we can get to Father's Day lunch, right? Get there before everybody else. Um, so we're continuing We're continuing our series, and that's mostly for my benefit. Um, I'm hungry, and it's time. Uh, we're continuing in our series on loving others well. Um, I thought we were on part two, but I was informed this morning we're on part three. Um, so we're on part three of loving others well. We're going to be looking again at Matthew chapter 18. Um, and we're going to be looking at verses... Uh, 15, 16, and 17, if you want to turn there. Uh, even while we were singing in, in this week, I, there's one thing that's just been kind of heavy on my heart and on my mind during um, this series, and, and like I said, just during worship again. I think one of the, the tricks and the schemes of the enemy, of the devil, is that we really wouldn't discuss things like sin. Um, you know, Pastor Billy talked about it last week, and, and, and that's where we're kind of moving again this week. That we're afraid. We're afraid to talk about sin. Some of that's our fault. I think sometimes we, we talk about it in the wrong ways and not in the right ways. And this is what I mean. Often we like to talk about other people's sin, not to them. We like to talk about other people's sin to other people. You know, and we like to talk about sin at large. And we like to talk about sin in kind of this general sense. And I realized this morning as we're singing um, these songs, uh, that really is a, a trick of the enemy because if we're not willing to, we're not willing to talk about it, we're not willing to walk through these steps where we're going to walk, we're missing out on the power of the cross. You know, one of the things we sang this morning is that he is our redeemer, that he is our savior, that, you know, Will's talking about that the people will run to him for salvation. That is what we're talking about, is that I've got things in my life that shouldn't be there, and I need to talk about them so that I can be healed, and I can be forgiven, and I can be set free. And so this morning, I want to talk through this part of, of Matthew, because this is Jesus giving us the, the tools and the keys to do this well, so that we can move in the power of forgiveness, that we can move in the power of repentance, that we can move together and actually begin to show the world how this looks. So it's Matthew 18, 15 through 17. I'm going to read it real quick and then just share just a few thoughts. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. But if he will not listen to you, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen, then tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen then, even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Straight, huh? Really exciting uh, stuff. So this morning, I, I, I want to talk about the two sides of this relationship. Make no mistake, Jesus is, is directly talking to one side in this relationship between two people. But there are definitely two sides in this story in this account that Jesus is saying. So I, I briefly want to talk about it. I want to encourage you to um, take some time and memorize this passage of Scripture. It doesn't seem like, you know, the kind that you really want to memorize. You know, you really want to memorize really the ones like Jeremiah 29, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, good, prosper, you know, all those things. 
But one thing I know beyond a shadow of a doubt is that you need this all the time. You are going to need this all the time because we all have problems. And our problems usually get portrayed onto somebody else. When we're frustrated, when we're angry, we usually end up offending somebody else or sinning against somebody else or somebody else sinning against us. And so we need this. But I think very often we forget how badly we need this. Because this is about community. This is about walking together. This is about bringing repentance and forgiveness and healing. And so when we begin to look at this, I, I want you to try and, and begin to memorize it, to let it sink into your heart and let it flow through your mind that this is something you might actually need almost every day, depending on how your week is going or depending on, you know, what household you live in. Not my household. I only need it like once every six months. That's my, you know, yeah, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to wake up in the morning and it's going to be on my mirror, like, you know. It's Father's Day. You can say it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and so the first part of this, this passage, it, it, I think most people know it, that if, if somebody has sinned against me, I am supposed to, I am called to, Jesus is telling me I need to go and talk to that person. If they've offended me, they've hurt me, something bad has happened, I need to go and talk to them. And we understand that. I think we see that. But I think what we do is we miss the second part of that, of, of that sentence, of that verse, which it says what? It says, just the two of you. Just the two of you. And that is, to me, the most important part of that sentence. Because we understand and we know we need to go talk, but do we really get and understand it's really supposed to be just me and that other person? How often when we get hurt, we get offended, um, we, you know, somebody has legitimately hurt us, legitimately sinned against us, we go and talk to a couple other people. And yeah, first. We go and talk to a couple other people and we let them know what happened to us. Because, you know, I think we want to make sure, am I really supposed to go talk to this person, that person? So I'm going to go talk and find out from other people if I should do this or I'm going to tell them the whole thing. I'm going to tell them the whole thing. But Jesus is, is, is commanding us right here in this place. It's just supposed to be the two of you. You know, there's a, there's a verse in 1 Peter 4, 5, 5, 8. Is it 4, 8, 5, 8? I don't know. Brain fart. Thank you. Um, I haven't memorized it. But it says that... Um, that love covers a multitude of sins. Right? You know, that, you know that verse? Everybody heard that verse? Love covers a multitude of sins. And what we're talking about in this series is walking with each other in love, how to love people well. I think this might be one of the most powerful ways to love somebody well and to let love cover a multitude of sins because it should work like this. In, in, in the best sense, in the best opportunity, somebody comes and sins against me. Let's say it's Adam. Let's just, let's just say it's Adam. Well, I can't say it's my wife. I'd probably get in too much trouble. So let's say it's Alex. And I, and I go to Alex and I talk to him. And it does just like the Lord promised. He said, this is the way you do it. And if he listens to me, then I win him over. You know the incredible thing? If he listens to me and he says, you know, I, I'm sorry. I didn't even realize I hurt you. Uh, please forgive me. And I say, I forgive you. You know who knows about that whole thing if I did it right? Two people. Two people. So Alex sinned against me, and only two people know. Not a single other person. In my opinion, that's how love can cover a multitude of sins. 
because I love him enough and I love the Lord enough and our relationship enough to go and, and talk to him. And if he hears me, then nobody else ever needs to know, right? Nobody. Not that we're hiding sin, not that we're trying to keep things, but if it's just between me and him, it's just between me and him. And I think we've lost that essence of community that sometimes there are things that it's just me and you. But yet we, we want to go out and we want to talk to people and, and we have this almost innate desire inside of us that just wants to let other people know how we've been living. Instead of just letting the work of the Holy Spirit happen in our lives. And so here, that's the ideal situation. But say Alex doesn't listen to me. Then it says what? I should go and I should bring two more people. Again, there's an important word. It says go and bring two more people. Not just go and tell a couple more people. Not just go and tell a few other people, but people that you know will help. People that, 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 that you know will be part of solving the problem and solving the issue. Not somebody that, that you just want to tell and you just want everybody to know. And I just, you know, listen, I went and talked to him, but, you know, he, he didn't really listen. Because often, again, what we do, we sometimes we do it before we go talk to people. Sometimes we do it after we go talk to people. But what's happening here is, is, is God is saying, you're supposed to take steps so that people can realize their problem or their sin in their life before this becomes some big issue. I, I honestly think half of our problem in the world is probably um, sin and offenses that have gone untalked about or unstudied. You know, because you know what happens when that happens? One, you have one person that sometimes doesn't even know they've messed up. You know, a lot of times that happens. You know, you hurt somebody. You really do. You sin against them, and you don't even know. And then you, so you don't learn, and so then you do that again, and you do that again. So you have one person that just keeps going on. Then you have another person who has decided, I'm not going to go talk to him. And what happens is resentment starts to build. Envy starts to build. Hatred starts to build. Because we don't talk. We don't communicate. We don't take the steps Jesus gave us to walk through these things together. Humbly. The word that keeps coming to me for the last number of weeks, I preached about it and, and just keeps coming when, I, when I'm looking at this, is that passage in Isaiah that we're walk humbly with our Lord. Walk humbly with our God. The person that's going is supposed to come in humbleness. We're not supposed to walk in the door pointing our finger, yelling and screaming at somebody that says, you did this to me. Because the other part is that we're supposed to love mercy. Our goal is supposed to go and, and talk so that healing can come. That healing may happen. And James 5.16 says, we confess our sins one to another so somebody can pray and that you may be healed. Not so that we can just put it out there and point out sins and point out mistakes. So that sometimes forgiveness can take place. And then, of course, you know the rest of the story of, of this uh, parable you know, teaching that Jesus is giving. He says, you know, if that doesn't happen, you, you, then you take it to the leaders. You take it to the church. And you say, guys, listen, and you begin to treat them like somebody that really what they're saying here, a pagan or a tax collector, somebody that doesn't know the Lord. And so that changes the ballgame. You begin to then treat them like somebody that doesn't know Jesus. And, you know, there's a whole set of different rules, right? Christians, we understand we're supposed to forgive and we're supposed to repent and we're supposed to do these kinds of things. But then we begin to change our attitude towards that person and, and try to then introduce them to Jesus. But that's a whole a whole other sermon. I don't want to get down that road. I'm running out of time. But there's another side to this story, and there's another person in this story that I think uh, can greatly help us if we're willing to. And that is the person that would be Alex. We're going to talk about Alex again. So he's, you know, 
Well, sorry, not not actually. Because I got there's there's there's, there's my side of the story. The person that is is is, is somebody is coming to to say you messed up. In this thing, in these passages of scripture, he he had somebody had to come to him three times. Three times, and he still didn't listen. And I began to wonder, how often would somebody have to come to me? Am I willing? Then I took it a step farther. <clears throat> Am I living a life that is humble enough and that is open enough that people know I want them to come? That I'm okay with them coming to me? That I desperately want to draw closer to the Lord and I desperately want to build good relationships and I realize that I mess up sometimes and so I want somebody to come to me? Because this is hard. It's not easy to go to somebody and say, hey, you hurt me, you messed up. It's hard. That's why we, a lot of times we go talk to somebody else. A lot of times those are easier. But what if we lived lives as such that people around us knew, I want to know. I want to know when I make mistakes. I want to know when I hurt you so that I can repent and so that I can be forgiven and so that I can be healed. And I just have this, this, this picture in my mind. What would happen in our church and in our world if on both sides we walked in such a way, a humble and loving way, that we openly talked about these kinds of things all the time. We're willing to. We're willing to say, hey, you hurt me. Can we talk about this? And the other person says, yes, we can. Yes, let me, let me be humble enough to realize I might have hurt you. What would that begin to say to those around us? What would that begin to say to the world as Christians begin to really walk in love towards each other? And then you want to talk about covering a multitude of sins. People begin to realize, yeah, you know, they offend each other and they hurt each other just like we do as non-Christians. But then they walk in love and they walk in forgiveness and they walk in repentance and, and they begin to still walk together. Versus separate and go their own way and just, I'm not going to deal with this. I think in this time, in, in, in this day and age, there might not be a more powerful testimony of the love and the salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ than showing the world that, yeah, I got things in my life and I'm willing to talk about it. This really dawned on me earlier in the week. I was watching a friend of mine in college, and he was on, on, on Facebook, and um, they are having like a Wednesday Zoom service, so evening service, and he was watching live. And, and their whole entire church, their whole premise is this. It's literally this. They sat on there for an hour, and, and, and they – just shared the problems they were having. Not great detail. I'm not saying you need to dump everything from everybody on Instagram or Facebook. But it is part of the mission statement of who they are and that how they're reaching the world is showing people that, yeah, I've got problems, he's got problems, but we can walk in forgiveness and walk in repentance and walk in love and move forward together. And I sat there watching thinking, wow, would I be willing one last thought. If we were willing to walk this way, both sides walking in humbleness, wanting desperately to treat each other well and, and, and to get things right and, and to let God heal us, I really believe we could never have to go past step one. How cool would that be if we never had to go past step one? You hurt me, I come and talk to you, and we're okay. You repent and I forgive. Or I hurt you, I repent, you forgive. And we could speak that and we live that and we never had to mess with the rest of it. 
what a testimony. If we could do that every single time. And I do think it is possible. Um, I don't think it's pie in the sky. I think if we're willing and we're willing to be humble and we're willing to be loving, that's what this is about. This is nothing more than deep community. This is what it means to walk together. It's not just I got everything together and let's hang out and let's relax and let's talk, but let's work through things. Let's let God heal us. Let's let God make us better. Let's let God fix our wrongs and make things right. We talk about it in almost every conference room. We hear stories about it. It is the power of the salvation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He didn't come so that we could just hang out and, and feel good. He came so that our sins would be forgiven and so that we can have eternal life. But yet it's one thing we, we like to shy away from. So I just want to encourage you. And, and maybe during this time you've had something on your heart, someone on your heart you realize you should have gone to church. I'll, do it. Do it today. Do it tomorrow. Don't let it linger. Don't let it sit. Because every time that I've done it and done it the right way, it's worked. And there's been healing and there's been love and there's been reconciliation. And most of the time with everything else, it's always happened. I've seen it time and time again. But I just want to encourage you. This is, is the Lord speaking to us on how to walk and love each other well. That we can cover each other in love. That we can forgive each other and we can be healed through repentance and forgiveness. It's an amazing opportunity for all of us. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you and praise you that you do forgive us. Lord, that you desire to forgive all of our sins. Lord, that you sent your son that we could have freedom and we could walk in it. Lord, I pray that you would help us learn how to walk together in these things, Lord, and to do it well and to do it lovingly and to do it humbly. Lord, I pray that you would be with us. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. We're going to um, get ready for communion. Um, as I prepare um, just a couple of things, um, offering baskets are here on the front if you're coming up this way, and there's an offering basket in the back. The ushers will let you out on the outside rows, so the first three rows will come this way. The last half will go that way for um, communion. Um, and so as you come forward, you stretch out your hands. They'll place um, the communion wafer. We'll do in peace a moment. They'll place the communion wafer in your hand. So, Lord, we just thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen.